and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Well, we're about two weeks out from the midterm elections, and I cannot wait for November 8th. I think the Democrats are going to get an old-fashioned butt-whooping, and they know it. They know it. Tisha James, the uh, New York State Attorney General, even said this week there's some room for maybe uh, to tweak the uh, bail reform laws here in New York State, which have been an absolute failure. They've been a nightmare. Violent criminals doing what violent criminals do, committing serious crimes, not paying the price. In many cases, they're getting out of prison and recommitting serious crimes. She says, well, maybe we can we can tweak bail reform. She knows the handwriting's on the wall. I read the, uh, the red wave will extend even to New York State, possibly to New York City. Lee Zelton is picking up support in the Big Apple. If he gets more than 30% of voters in New York City, he'll be the next governor. And we have not elected a a Republican governor since George Pataki in 2002. This is unbelievable. So what are Americans focused on most? What do you think Americans care about most? Well, according to every poll I've read, and I do this for a living, they care about the rising inflation, which I think think is at 8.2%, the economy, which ties into inflation, and crime. Inflation, the economy, and crime. Poll after poll says those three things are what Americans care most about. But according to a Harvard-Harris poll, voters think Democrats are focused on January 6th, women's rights, i.e. abortion, and climate change. None of those issues crack the top 10 in issues that Americans care about. It's the economy. It's crime. It's illegal immigration. Those are the issues people are focused on. Democrats think it's all about climate change and abortion rights. Joe Biden said the first thing He's going to do, and he's going to codify Roe versus Wade. Mike Pence said last week, and I like Mike Pence, despite what happened two years ago. Pence said, you know, I got a newsflash for Joe Biden. He spoke at at a Heritage event a couple of weeks back. We're going to have uh, pro-life majorities in the House and in the Senate, and we're going to be taking the case for life to every state in America. The Republican Party is the party of life because it all begins with life, right? But the Republican agenda all begins with life and restoring the American culture. There is something that is uniquely American in our culture. And the sanctity of human life is at the center of every American law in every state of the country. If it's not, it will be come January. Speaking of inflation, it has forced the average American household to pay. I know I'm paying more every month for goods and services, food, fuel, and lodging. $445 more we paid in September for the same basket of goods and services that we did September a year ago. That's according to Moody's Analytics. Now that's a a hundred bucks would be enough or 200 bucks, nearly $450, that's the average. Moody's Analytics senior economist Ryan Sweet tallied the budget-crushing sum after inflation hit 8.2% in the uh, September Consumer Price Index. I'm not going to bore you with a lot of of numbers. Gasoline prices have fallen compared to what they were a couple of months ago, but they're still hovering near 380, 390 a gallon. The additional 445 in expenses applies to the basic needs tracked within the the Consumer Price Index. Groceries, gas, housing, utilities, medical care, you know, dental care. As I said up top, it's food, fuel, and lodging. 450 bucks extra every month. That's the average U.S. household. Now, back in 2018, 
when Trump was president, the average inflation rate, I think, was about 2%, which is the ben- uh, the benchmark. The Federal Reserve considers 2% inflation an acceptable benchmark for the economy. But, you know, 8.2, how much more of this can we take? We're going to have to take maybe another year of it. Food prices have risen so sharply that 24% of shoppers said they often purchased fewer items than usual in September. Additionally, 72% of U.S. adults said they were very concerned about food-related inflation. You know, know, I do a majority of the food shopping in our our household, as I've said before, and... uh, I think when prices go up so much on any give, let's say bacon, bacon price because I love bacon. Bacon climbed to eight ninety nine a pound in some places for the for the name brands, Armour and uh, Oscar Mayer. All the you know the name brand bacon's were eight ninety nine. I I would never pay eight ninety nine for something that fries away and a frying half of the bacon fries away. And uh, so I my pr- price that I'll pay for bacon is four ninety nine a pound. That's it. If it's $5.99, I won't buy it. And I didn't eat bacon for the longest time. I would shop at Aldi's for my bacon. Their, their bacon stayed at $3.99, went to $4.19. So I bought, I bought it at Aldi's for $4.19 for months and months. Now it's back to $4.99 in most places. Why, why is that? Because of the benevolence of Armour and, and uh, Oscar Mayer? No, because people stopped buying it. We have that power. We set the price, not, not the... Not the seller, but the buyer sets the price. That's it's supply and demand. When you raise raise prices that high on on a given item, the uh, demand for it is going to drop, and that's what happened with bacon. Bacon's now down to where it should be. It should be two ninety nine, but for me, like bananas, I'll pay fifty nine cents a pound for uh, bananas. I'm not going to pay seventy nine cents or eighty nine cents because they're organic, or because they're from pr- uh, Price Chopper or whatever. For me, it's fifty nine cents. Now, some people may have you know a different metric. Anyway, I didn't want to get sidetracked on the cost of food, but that's really what most people are concerned about. And um, home heating fuel, speaking of gas prices, they've kind of leveled off. But home heating fuel, if you didn't lock in in the summer, I locked in at $3.95. I was fortunate, I guess. I heard today Mark Levin said tonight that uh, as I record this, it's Monday, that home heating fuel prices in the Northeast, an average of $5.70. The Northeast meaning New York, New Jersey, uh, Maine, New Hampshire. Massachusetts. I mean, these are states that elect Democrats. Keep electing Democrats. You want high food and fuel prices. You must like them. It's unbelievable. And it doesn't have to be because Joe Biden, as I've said, I think on the last show, he he said during his campaign for president and during the debates with Trump and with other Democrats, he was going to destroy the fossil fuel industry. And that's what he's trying to do. Plain and simple. He released 50 million barrels of uh, of uh, oil from the strategic oil preserve. He, not home heating fuel, he didn't. He didn't do it. Five seventy a gallon. I'm, I'm lucky I, I burn wood. I cut my own firewood. If I didn't cut my own firewood, I don't know how I'd make it. A lot of families are going to be uh, making some tough decisions here come uh, December and January. You know, I should have played Bob Dylan's The Times They Are Changing because they are going to be changing for the better. I think in November 8th on, uh, on that day, and certainly uh, after January 1st, is this red wave. And I'm sure you've seen some of the memes on Facebook. I've, I've shared a few of them. And even New York City, the most one of the most liberal cities, certainly in the northeastern part of the country, San Francisco and L.A. are off the charts. But New York City, crime is an issue. Overall, in the state of New York, crime is, is on the increase. But especially in New York City, people getting shoved in front of... Uh, 
you know, uh, uh, subway cars and all this other stuff. You read about it every day. You see it in the newspaper. There's an influx of illegal immigrants arriving in the city at the hands of Democratic leadership every single day. So far this year, 2.7 million illegal aliens have crossed our southern border since Joe Biden. Uh, that's this year, 2.7 million. Now, this cannot, this is unsustainable. There's a new coefficient poll that finds Lee Zeldin, Congressman Zeldin, has taken the lead over Kathy Hochul. Now, this is just one poll. 45.6% favor Zeldin, 453 Hochul. So it's a dead heat, basically. So the coefficient pollster, Ryan Muncie, suggested people are waking up. They're realizing that Democratic leadership is destroying the country, certainly New York State. Is, it's been destroyed for years. So the race has been tightening. Most polls have Zeldin down anywhere from four to six points. I think this poll is, I don't know how they arrived at a dead heat. I think it's close. It's not 11 points like Sienna said it was. They, they tend to favor Democrats anyway. But I think it's, it's a toss-up. It's within the margin of error. And uh, in a statement to the New York Post, Zeldin called on New Yorkers to take a look around and ask whether they like what they see or they want to change with crime and the cost of living. You want to see crime stay high? You want, you want prices to stay high? I mean, the, the polls could not be closer. And I mentioned Tish James at the top of this program saying bail reform. Maybe we can tweak bail reform. And by the way, Kathy Hochul, and by the time this program airs, the uh, hochul uh, Zeldin debate will have taken place. Uh, it's going to happen tomorrow night. It's uh, a Tuesday, and this program airs Wednesday, so it's already uh, taken place. And I, I, I laid nine to five that Zeldin uh, came out on top in that. Hochul doesn't want any part of Zeldin in a debate. That's why she agreed to one debate two weeks before the election. And that's not that's the, the playbook. That's the Democratic playbook. Paul Tonko is not debating a Liz Joy. In the 20th congressional district, that that seat is up. I think it's going to be a really close race. Some polls have uh, have uh, joy within striking distance. And Tonko has been in Congress about a decade, 24 years in the Assembly, New York State Assembly before that. I think Tonko is vulnerable. He won't debate joy uh, out in Arizona. Uh, Kathy Hobbs will not debate uh, Carrie Lake, afraid to death of her. And with good reason, Carrie Lake is going to be the next governor of the state of Arizona. Democrats are not, they're like, they're, it's like Biden two years ago campaigning from his basement, used COVID as an excuse. They don't want to debate Republicans. They, they have nothing on which to debate. They can't defend the record. It's abysmal. I cannot wait for November 8th. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a slaughter. And I think we're going to turn the state around and turn the country around. And there's even talk of uh, Republicans picking up six, seven, eight seats in the assembly. I think that's a bit optimistic. As I, I've told you before, I work for the assembly, but I think if we pick up four or five seats, that'd be great. I was at a Republican dinner the other night in, in Greenwich. My daughter and I attended. My daughter, Madeline, who has a show on the BMG network called The Essentials with Maddie Flint. We uh, met with uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, uh, Jake Ashby, who's an assemblyman. He'll be a senator, hopefully, in a couple of weeks. Uh, Jake Ashby, who else? Uh, Ashby's replacement in the assembly, uh, Scott Bendette. So uh, Dave Catalfamo was there. He's running against Kerry Warner. I forget what district seat. Uh, who else? Dan Steck. Senator Steck was there. And uh, I'm forgetting somebody. You know, one uh, factoid from the uh, dinner. I forget. It might have been uh, Congresswoman Stefanik said that 30 per- No, it was uh, a woman who had her business burglarized, robbed. She was robbed by a couple of, she said, a couple of crackheads. Uh, Calamity Janes. 
gun shop out in Kingsbury, which is in Washington County. It was a Washington County dinner. And she said this business, her business that she and her husband have destroyed. These people came in, smashed the windows with a sledgehammer and took all these firearms, mostly handguns. It was just unbelievable. She was fighting back tears. And she says she lays the blame on the Democrats and on Kathy Hochul and some of these ridiculous anti-gun laws we have here in New York State. This woman is a family-owned business, a hard-working woman. She and her husband uh, built this business. It's a family business. They've been at it for decades. They're out of luck. They have to rebuild. It was kind of a smash and grab. I mean, they broke into this gun shop. They, they took all these handguns. I don't know if they took rifles. They took handguns, probably going to sell them on the black market or whatever. I mean, I mean, she built this business, she and her husband, and it was just, it's been destroyed by these thugs. She said a couple of crackheads. Look, speaking of, and I'm not sure that whoever beat this young man up is a crackhead. There's something, I, my wife, uh, she Instagrammed me this picture of this young man who was canvassing for Marco Rubio in Florida in Hialeah. Got beaten up, his face is busted up, black eyes, got tubes coming out of his no nose. He's in a hospital bed recovering because he was knocking on doors, stumping for, for Marco Rubio. And he got almost beaten to death. The left is literally out for blood, figuratively and literally. These are our enemies. You got to watch yourself out there. My, my daughter was knocking on doors for Elise Stefanik last week in Brunswick, which is a very Republican area. But it's unbelievable what the other side is capable of. You've got you've to watch yourself nowadays. Now, I was in, uh, I'm going to share a story here before we, we're running a little bit over time here. I was in shopping at Hannaford in Greenwich, and I had a Trump hat on. And this guy is trying to stare me down. A guy maybe 35, 40 years old. He comes in there with his wife or girlfriend. He's trying to stare me down. I just look right back at him until he had to look where he was going. He would have walked into the the the, uh, the door walking in. And he's trying to intimidate me. I said to myself, this is what freedom looks like. If you have a problem with me wearing that red hat, maybe it's a trigger for you. You, tr you try to take it off my head. I was ready to throw down. And that you have to be ready. Unfortunately, I'm a peaceful guy. I don't, I don't like violence, but, you know, you have to protect yourself. And if he came over and tried to do something or say something, he, he'd have been hurting. Uh, uh, that's all I'll say. He'd have been in trouble. He would have wound up on the short end of it. We have a right to our personal space. If he had an, a BLM t-shirt or an Antifa t-shirt on, I wouldn't have said anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have tried to stare him down. I would have said, well, he's misguided. But he's trying to stare me down, this, this punk. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. In Greenwich? This is what we're up against. So you got to, you know, keep your eyes open and, and look around you because the left is not going to be happy come November 8th, especially November 9th and, and any time after that because they know it's coming. Get out there and vote. And I forgot, I got sidetracked at, at this uh, dinner the other night in Greenwich. I think it was Stefanik or one of the, uh, one of the politicians said that 30% of gun owners in New York State aren't registered to vote. It's like, you're kidding me. This is why we have the government we have, because so many Republicans and conservatives and gun owners do not get involved in the political process. You've got to do that or you can't complain. Get registered. It may be too late to register for this election, but make sure you're registered for the next one in 24. You have a duty. As Christians, we have to be involved in the political process. Some Christians don't think they have to be. You've got to be. All right, we've got to run. Thank you very much for tuning us into this program. Hit like. If you like what you heard, hit like. Hit Please hit subscribe. We need subscribers. And share 
on social media and listen to all the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. We have this program. We have a couple of new shows on there. If uh, you want to check them out, you you hit the bmgnetwork.com and they come right down. There's a list of them. Ken Burns Show, Adrian Ross's program, The Pac-Man with me, Ted Flint, The Essentials with uh, Maddie Flint, my daughter, and a couple of other new programs. I Their names escape me at, <laughs> at the moment. And we have columns up there for you too under the PAC perspective. All right. Thanks for tuning us in again. Please like, subscribe, and share. And let's uh, hope and pray that November 8th uh, brings a whole new slate of candidates into office come uh, January 1st because we need a change, especially here in New York State. Thanks for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.